Blog Talk Radio. Greetings, greetings, and welcome to Big Mama's House. I am I'm the part of the co-host team. <laughs> I'm Mama Seven, and I'm about to bring Mama Makita online. Greetings, Mr. Love and Life family. Hey, Love and Life, how are you? I am grand. Good. Excited about today's Good. show. <laughs> I'm super excited, and I'm family. Yeah. I'm going to say this, I'm a little nervous, okay? I'm going to be very honest. Oh. Anyone who knows me knows I'm super transparent. You're going to see, all you see is who I am, and that's my reality, okay? <laughs> and um, political education is something that um, actually we're, we have a gifted chairman. He he does political education. That is his thing. He can tell you this this date, that time, blah, blah, blah. You know, he, that's his thing. So um, to me, this show is all about political education. And sister, I, I tried to let it go. I tried to let it go. I tried to let Dr. Martin Luther King's day in the holiday be the holiday and Let's enjoy and rejoice and all this other stuff, but I just couldn't do it. You know, there were some, there's some holes in this story. There's some holes in um, how we go about addressing and dealing with uh, the King legacy, um, our civil rights legacy, our the Black Power movement. There's some gaps. So I said, no, no. We have to have this talk. So let's let's celebrate, you know, because you know, the moment deserves a celebration. But exactly. we have to talk about it deserves celebration and, and to me it deserves respect. So we've got to have these conversations though, because there are some missing components to all of this. Yes, and that respect comes with education. And we Absolutely. all should know by now that the school is not responsible <laughs> for thoroughly Absolutely. educating the masses about us and our achievements and our accomplishments. So if it's not coming Absolutely. from there, who does it fall on? It is 100% us. the parent's responsibility, okay? And and I take it a step further. I'm part of the each one teach one. You know, back in my generation, all I had to do was teach one. Now, my children have to teach two and three if they can. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, I have extensive classes in the home. We have prayer classes. We have um, Arisha classes. We have black history classes. And I was I was thoroughly impressed when I sat my youngest down and, and I said, okay, you tell me what you know about Dr. King and allow me to fill in the gaps. And I was so proud he was able to connect him with other monumental, uh, but tragic events like the four little girls in Birmingham and the Montgomery Mm -hmm. bus. So not only did he understand Dr. King's life, but he understood a lot of the work that was creating the Dr. King. See, we can't just look only at Dr. King. We have to look at the environment that was there. We have to look at the climate that was there. I think we do him and the children were teaching a disservice when we only look at this one very isolated, very selective process. 
agree. I agree. So we're missing some. We're missing a lot in the huh. fabric. We're missing a lot. <laughs> you know, we're really we're missing, missing a lot. lot. Absolutely, absolutely. Right. And <clears throat> I don't want. And one of the reasons why I started this program off, letting everybody know that I'm not the political education coordinator for the People's Black Panther Party. That's not who I am. <laughs> so that means you, the audience, the people, have a responsibility and opportunity to share and educate me. You know, I'm always open to learn. You know, th- this is a different kind of big mama's house today, okay? Usually we come and we have social aspects to deal with. Um, and this affects us socially, but we had to really kind of go and we're going into this whole education mode with us two being the first students, okay? We need to understand and build more. So I want this to be a very open, transparent conversation. We're not going to look at one little sliver. I'm not going to look at one line out of this whole document of work that this man has done. So, you know, we're not here to deify him. But also, I'm going to have an opinion if you try to throw one of my icons under the bus. But I want to talk about it. I want to learn. I, I want to understand. You know, living in Atlanta, I lived in Atlanta for 14 years. And in Atlanta, you either love Dr. King, like he's part of the trilogy with Kennedy and everything else, or either you have some really negative thoughts and opinions. And I want to get a good middle ground on this. I, I want to know how we can be helpful and healing. I want to know how we can spark up some additional conversation. You know, um, I was speaking with uh, our chief of staff, or he was like, you know, the Panthers out in California, part of the parade, part of this. And I'm like, we've got to get more understanding and more education about how we as Panthers fit into this civil rights understanding. Because the black power movement is, is birth from, you know, you have to understand when you're dealing with the prototype. The prototype is usually not right. The prototype usually has a couple bugs and flaws in it. And so we can't overly be overly critical of our prototype. We're here to learn from them. So the 2.0 and the 3.0 and what I have in my living room, my 4.0, is going to be even better. But I can't even say we We've gotten better as the generations have gone through. So we need to have some more conversation. We need to talk a little bit about this. I have a question for you. Mama Seven. We'll see if I have an answer. <laughs> Remember, this, this, this show, I am not the expert, okay? <laughs> I, I am someone who still learning, okay? So... Hear me, We're all working in progress. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, okay. in order for so, us to so understand, in order for us to kind of understand that there is some disrespect, regardless mm-hmm. of which side of the coin you feel about Dr. King and his work, mm-hmm. what are some mm-hmm. visible things that you see that says? okay, this is just blatantly disrespectful. Like I saw a flyer 
that said twerking for freedom with a picture yeah, of Dr. King with a rope necklace and it was yeah, so like disrespectful. Yeah, yeah with, with, with some biscuits on all, all over the place. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. I, like I saw that as well. I almost that was just so it, disrespectful. It made, me, it made me barf a little. You know what I'm saying? I was sitting there like, wait, wait a minute. Yeah. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah. Not Dr. It, King. Traditionally. You know, I have a problem. <laughs> I have a problem with us being so casual with our heroes. I have a problem mm-hmm. with that. You know, I remember a, a, a radio program that we did about Harriet Tubman's The Movie. And a lot mm-hmm. of conversation was about the actual actress that played this, um, played the great Harriet Tubman. And um, I remember the casualness. How are you going to be casual with one of your heroes? See, if we don't take this personally, mm-hmm. if we don't start to stand up and say, okay, there's certain things you can't joke about, then any and everything becomes open to a joke, Okay. And the idea that these men and women put their lives on the line, there's nothing funny about that. The, the fact that he was robbed from his children and from his wife, there's nothing funny about that. Mm-hmm. And so to be so casual with that, and it was so, I, I remember when I saw it on a, a comrade's page, and, you know, one of the um, Facebook people were like, this is so disrespectful. I want you to take it down. I understand if you're trying to educate us how negative this is. I want you to take it down. And um, the brother was like, no, I'm, t- I'm keeping it up to let you know that this level of disrespect is in our universe. Okay? I'm, I can't turn a blind eye to the fact that we have a problem, that people are working mm-hmm. for freedom, and that Somewhere on that flyer, all of those girls whose faces were there, they okayed that. Whoever's building that is, they okayed that flyer. They're like, okay, you can put Mm -hmm. that. So I have a problem. Whoever the club landlord is, they okayed the flyer. You know, so I, I have a problem with the multiple people that are okaying and being very casual with one of the one of the icons of this particular era in movement. So, you know, um, yeah, I saw the, the twerking for freedom and was appalled. And, of course, the responsibility, all those people that I named, the promoters, the, the women, the managers, the landlords, the person who's responsible is still us. We are the ones, you know, are, we are the ones that are not doing the education, and we are the ones that are not, um, making putting enough heat down on these places and spaces to where this wouldn't even be acceptable. Mm-hmm. So not only acceptable, they would never be as blatant as to make a flyer. See, when you have a flyer out, that means you're pretty ballsy. You're pretty saying, "Hey, yeah. there you go. Look at it. I said it. There it is." There's yeah. no way in the world that they should be comfortable. And I believe this was in Atlanta. In Dr. Martin Luther King's town, where his church is, where all of this is, and you're going to have a twerking for freedom? Why is that not shut all the way down? So, you know, Completely. we have to really talk about the things that are building up and the lack of education and the lack of respect 
that is involved in these affairs. Mm-hmm. So before we get I, into I'm, it, I'm, I'm remind still shaking my head over that. Okay. <laughs> oh, I'll remind everybody that this is the People's Black Panther Party radio, that we're doing a special conversation tonight. We really, really, really have got to get some clarity, some forward movement, some progression, all of those things, because where we're going, this is that slippery slope going down. But before, if you want to join in the conversation, like I said, I'm not the expert tonight. Tonight, I need to hear from my people. I need to be educated. I need to know more about how and why this has been leading up to this far. And so all you have to do is press one. That lets me know here at the switchboard that you'd like to join in the conversation. Um, we do have a caller that wants to join us. So let's go ahead and say hello, and then we'll get back into our uh, conversation, okay? Sure. Mm-hmm. Greetings. Welcome to the show. All power to the people. All power to the people. Brother, this is Brother Ward, the chief of staff. All right. Hey, chief. How are you? Good. I'm good. I just wanted to talk a little bit about the uh, polarity in, in regards to why people either the perception as to why people either love King or hate King, and then Please. and then kind of reverse from there. <clears throat> the deal is, and let me start off by saying this: I'm not a King expert either, but I do want to say one thing. Regardless of people's perception of King, if he was not a threat to the United States government in terms of of the white power structure. He would not have been assassinated. So let's put that out there right now. If the man yep. was not, Amen. if the man Amen. was a complete puppet and did everything that they wanted, he would not have been assassinated. So exactly. that fact alone, we have to work backwards from that and then look at the look at the transition of what was going on with King to get him assassinated. Now, just mm-hmm. dealing with it from the perception side, the polarity came in because a lot of people got hung up on. The I have a dream speech. And from that standpoint, when he was talking about basically the unification between white and black and the, the persona that he had in regards to nonviolence, a lot of people that are quote-unquote pro-black took that as a slap in the face because he's more concerned, in their minds, he's more concerned about the image in terms of us being able to get along with white folks than he is about us actually being able to repair the conditions that call that 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 creates oppression in the first place. That creates the polarity that people get hung up on, as well as the fact that he was opening up the floodgates to to create to, to desegregate. Part of the problem you have with desegregation is that desegregation to us. When we have no true position of power that we're operating from, is actually a simulation. So during lives of problems, what we ask for and what we actually got are two separate things. When we ask for desegregation, it was actually to have the ability to improve upon our communities, to improve upon our economics, to improve upon all of the quite quote unquote uh, access that Europeans or white folks had. That's what we really wanted is the uh, the amount of access. Now, there is a difference between equality and equal access. There's really no such thing as equality. 
because there is a difference between gender, there's a difference between race, and I hate to break that down that way, but everything is not necessarily equal. But to have the equal access and to be treated as a human being, we are all across the board human beings. We're all across the board a part of the human race. So from that standpoint, that is the level of equality that he was that he was talking about. But right. what ended up happening is we actually ended up assimilating into uh, white society. And as you assimilate into white society, what happens is those of us that could do better saw quote unquote more potential or easier or easier potential if we moved out and the white sector of the area, if we did more business with white folks. So as a result mm-hmm. of that, you found that the the ones of us that were more educated, the ones of us that were business owners, the ones of us that were on a high-end career path started following the Joneses or, or playing this keep up with the Joneses mentality. That's right. So this starts stripping right. our community from the balance that it had, mind you. So, you know, you can always have right. your, your good elements and your negative elements. But what would happen is at that point we became lopsided in terms of the elements that were left in our community. So more of the educators, more of the prosperous uh, uh, role models and Africans and Africans within our community started assimilating with the white system. So mm-hmm. that created that polarity as a result of what, you know, people perceived King was after that, that 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 causes that 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 imbalance or cause people to choose big sides. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, that's exactly the aspect, did. you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. what so, it did. It more exactly division. It's already division. It's divided house. You know. And so mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That's exactly what it did. That's exactly what it did. But at the same time, and we lost such. And, and, oh, okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, Go we ahead. lost touch. Oh, absolutely. You know, because what happened is mm. at that point, we were trying to keep up with a goal that we could never keep up with, and we were leaving mm-hmm. everyone in the in, in the dust. So it wasn't a matter of us coming together and everyone coming up. It was a, it, it created the divide. It created a yep. lot of the divide. And part of the divide that we're still fighting with now, you know, we still have conversations about, um, the bourgeoisie, um, you know, the black bourgeoisie, and have they lost touch with the community? We still have issues where um, it seems as if there people that have had some education are not as open about working in the community, nor do they feel comfortable, or have they been welcomed into what I would call grassroots organizations. So, you know, that divide, unfortunately, is still there. Um, yep. But, you know, one thing I don't is it think that they're not, do is, go ahead. Is it that they're not welcome or they just choose not to be active anymore because certain areas are just easiest? You know, I mean, I, I we, we had wonderful things like both. everything that was going on with Black Wall Street. Um, and all the other areas that they systematically destroyed, and it was easier. As go ahead, Chief. I was gonna say one mm-hmm. thing about the Black Wall Street. Remember that Black Wall Street did rebuild after the bombing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But right. what people don't mm-hmm. people don't understand that a lot of this coincides with kind of what we're talking about in regards to desegregation, because 
Mm-hmm. What happens, and what we people don't, a lot of a lot of the folks that are on the you know on the outside looking in don't see in regards to the pro black struggle and and our struggle for self determination. Period is that what happened is that we also became victims victims of equal access to consumerism, equal access to ca- capitalism, Ooh. and all and, and all of of the the atrocities that that brings. So as a result of that, it. It it allowed us to be more of an individual than a more of a of, of a community based uh, uh should I say a community yeah a, a community people so individual people took on that individual mentality I would get mine mm-hmm. you uh, you got to worry about getting yours so we became we fell victim to the crabs in the barrel that capitalism yeah. embraced and that's what people don't recognize so that equal access was a result of, of it, it had it came with a learning curve basically it came with a learning mm-hmm. curve that a lot of us were just as a collective not ready to deal with and as a collective we still suffer from because there's nothing to the, to the, to the day that states that why can't we come together and, and reestablish our black community there's nothing stopping that from happening nope. the only thing nope. stopping that from happening is us and the it's mentality us. that we still carry, carry on so we're mm-hmm. still chasing mm-hmm. that individualism, and that individualism, in terms of a capitalistic mentality, is part of the problem. Which is why the People's Black Panther Party talk about being self-determined as a people, even if we're not talking about trying to completely isolate ourselves as black folks. The point is, the mentality of self-determination has to come back into the fold, so that we can see what we have lost as a collective body. And work from that Absolutely. because the 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 concept of circulating the black dollar within the black community has to do with us recognizing the power of unification, the power of us pooling our resources together, and the power of self determination. Until we get that, we will not be able to deal with things from the standpoint of what happened from an aspect of giving us desegregation. So we got what we mm-hmm. asked for. And it wasn't just King's fault. That's the whole civil Is rights error. That's my question. That's my question. Is all of this Dr. King's fault? And I think no. this has to do with the learning mm-hmm. curve. I think this has to do with, uh, you have to understand, okay, so when the Freedmen Act occurred in, I think it was 1865, and this is when they put, the government put out an initiative, okay, we're going to educate these former slaves. These people who had never read, you know, think about it. Our children, by the time they're five or six, are actually reading. Now, we're talking about taking a generation of people that where it was illegal and punishable by death to read, and we're going to create an initiative to, to teach them how to read. You know, so we had people that were going to college after just starting to learn how to read. So the learning mm-hmm. curve that we're still under I need to know that's not Dr. King's fault. And so there was a whole movement, you know, after Jim, after Reconstruction, after Jim Crow, we're still evolving mm-hmm. as a people and not fast enough, in my opinion. But I don't believe well, that like- we can look and see and say this person here damaged our progress. Let, let me jump in on something. I have a question for you, Chief. Okay. 
you probably want to um, yeah. chime in on this part because you had mentioned the crabs in the barrel mentality. And I understand as far as looking at how people are focused on individualism. But is it truly crabs in the barrel? Or is it that the fact that the water in the barrel is hot? We can't negate the fact that there are certain things that are systematic that's going on to continue yeah. to keep on with this whole Willie Lynch syndrome. Yeah, yeah, you have to right. you know I mean? Just like you have people that will come from a different country and do better a whole lot faster here and think that people are lazy here, but they don't understand that for generations, those that lived here couldn't get the same loans that you were able to get within months of being here. Right, because they because don't understand those type of dynamics. So it's a combination yeah. of not just the, the crabs coming after each other, but the water, that temperature yeah, of that yeah, water well, is, is messing with everyone. Let's, let's put it like this. Let's look, let's look at it for what it is, and this is the part that a mm-hmm. lot of people forget. The, the job of the CIA, in, the, in particular, not just the FBI, but primarily the CIA, is to create a situation to where you are able to stop and prevent the rise of anything that is detrimental to the national security of, of, the, of the United States. What, what, well, so the whole crowd in the barrel mentality was a created and promoted uh, uh, psychological weapon that was used against us. So, for instance, they created the barrel, they dropped in that hot season, and, 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 they, turned, they, and they cranked up the fire. And then crabs did what crabs do at that point, which is not, no different than what any other animal would do, which go in self-preservation mode, but not realizing why they're going in self-preservation mode, not realizing why they're jumping out that barrel. So when you start drinking up that water slowly, I mean that temperature slowly, some people get out right away. Other people, it may take a, lot, a little bit longer, but either way, everybody's getting agitated and everybody's, and everybody's boiling and cooking, and as a result, you're going to have Black, black, you're going to have flares. You're going to have people, what, trying yeah. to get out the barrel or trying to fight other people yeah. and jump on top of their heads. Let me, let me back yeah. up a minute and talk about that, that condition. Because we have to keep in mind, Martin Luther King, before he was assassinated, was establishing and working from the Poor People's Campaign. The Poor yes, People's Campaign, when, when, as he was working that, that angle, that is when he got assassinated. When, he, he got when Jagger him. Hoover had the meeting, with Martin Luther King and tried to use things against him. And Martin Luther King got to the point where he was unwilling to bend. He started realizing the dynamics between the different aspects of what was considered to be violence and nonviolence. So he took a shift in his operation and his program. Mm-hmm. And from that standpoint, mm-hmm. it, was, it started becoming more about the, the, the whole unification in terms of how we are being treated as a, across the board as it applies to the capitalistic game. He started real. He started seeing that game, and as he started seeing that, Absolutely. it also took on an international appeal. And as it took on an international appeal, now you playing with the pockets. Now you get now, now you, you get into power. that area where the big boys. Yep. Now you get into the area where you are a threat. This is why he yes. was assassinated, people. Now you so have y'all influence. got to understand that. Yes. Yeah, he has yes. influence now you have and he influence. starts to the Now you have power. Now you have other countries looking at the conditions in which African Americans were treated over here. That's exactly correct. But I'm I'm sitting here making a note, making a list of what the hot water is. I got poor education, 
drugs, mm-hmm. crime, incarceration, poor health. You know, all of these things are, that's the hot water, okay? And yep. so, you know, it, it honestly, the very honest, what you just said, any animal is going to respond once you start kicking up that temperature, you know? So a yeah. lot of, you know, this is the same thing that Mama Kid was saying. This is a natural reaction, that survival mode. And so you're just mm-hmm. all you're doing is trying to run faster than the person behind you. That's that's all your focus is. I gotta run faster mm-hmm. than him. And so, you know, it creates a very unhealthy dynamic. But what I'm trying to get people to see is this is an unhealthy dynamic. We yeah. can form a chain and get out of this pot if we can focus <laughs> for a little second. Stop running around, stop thinking about only yourself. Make the chain, let's get mm-hmm. out of here, you know. But at that point, once that survival mode has been hit, and also we're coming from a deficit, you know, we don't know. Yes, it's an obstacle we, course we're coming what through. We knew back then, <laughs> you know, we, we are dealing with a huge deficit. We didn't have resources and technology and cars. And I remember my sensei showing me, he said, You see that gas station right there? I said, Yeah, yeah. He said that was the only place that black people could buy gas. And I, I looked like, because I didn't understand why you couldn't just go to the quick trip. You know, I mean, I didn't understand how you had to calculate how much gas you're going to need to get back to this one place. I didn't really understand how I may have to pass three or four other gas stations to get to this one place where I could buy gas. So we don't really understand and comprehend the climate that created the Dr. King. You know, you have yeah. to stop and look. Dr. King's like, look, the grass is definitely greener over there. You know, so why are we over here? You know, let's go over there. So I'm not saying that's right. I'm saying I understand. I'm not saying yeah. that this prototype, this beginning understanding. You know, I don't think people understand. It's not what he was saying. It was the resistance. See, we don't have resistance now. We have opinions. You know, we have thoughts. You know, we have ideas, you know. But to resist, you know, we we do, uh, uh, what is it, Black August? Can you resist up until then? Can you leave Walmart alone? Can you do this? You know, so we have not developed a level of resistance to anything. We are on microwave minutes. And so we have cre- we're creating, you know, you have to understand not only what created Dr. King, but what's creating each of us. You know, what created this, this new understanding? Because this new understanding, the comforts that my ancestors have created for me are also part of the reasons why some of my colleagues, are not in this fight. Even though we all two, three paychecks away from having a, a major situation, um, the situation is not at their door. So a lot of times there's a big checkout. So when you talk about that division, that's what this division's creating, the checkout. I don't have to be involved. I don't have to do this. That's not my problem, not my fight. And this is why right. we have this problem right here. And and one one aspect that we have now that we know now that we didn't know then is the 
far-reaching grasp of institutionalized racism. We didn't realize how big of a monster uh, institutionalized racism was at at that point in time. And we know that now. And what y'all got to keep in mind, what the listening audience has to keep in mind, is this was brought about through the exposure of COINTELPRO. So once COINTELPRO was busted wide open, and mind you, remember, all this happened after King and and Malcolm and Martin, Martin and Malcolm was assassinated. So these kind of things were busted wide open in the 70s. It wasn't until the 70s that we learned about how how we was literally at war with the United States government. We did not know that we were at war with the government. We thought we were just dealing with rednecks in positions of high places. We didn't know we were actually, actually a target of the United States government. Public enemy number one, people. Public enemy number one. And on top of that, what a lot of people don't understand, from a psychological aspect, based upon a lot of the, the operations that went on back then, there was operations that catered toward creating an entire group to think and operate and, and, and orchestrate things in a certain manner. One example of that, going back to COINTELPRO, is with Project MK Ultra, to where they literally did experiments on black people to, to, to yes, dig deep in, 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 inside how we operate from a religious and, and, and spiritual perspective. A lot of people don't understand that. It's a, it's a lot more to quote-unquote um, mind reading and, 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 and mind uh, tech, technological things that they were doing. So from that, Absolutely. one of the angels of COINTELPRO prevents the rise of the black society. The flip side of that is to generate and create the concept of black people looking for a messiah to free them. So that's what we're not mm-hmm. recognizing. The point being is there's no such thing as a white messiah, but there is a black messiah. Why? Because mm-hmm. they want black people to always put everything we got into the sky, into one person, and not actually look at the power we have in each other. And coming together. Absolutely. That way Absolutely. that way they can always kill the head in the body of ball. Because subconsciously mm-hmm. we keep looking on that same model as a way to get out. Mm-hmm. And, and then once they see that the we've done that and once they see that we've done that, we put all our eggs in this basket, then they poke holes in the basket. Then they discredit the basket. You know, they they, yep. they, they compromise the basket. And so we we have to talk about the way we allow the people that we put in these positions to be treated, and we also have to critically be able to look at is this person in the right position? Did we or are we are we so desperate to have someone else do this that we we will elect anybody else? Anybody else? You know, the village idiot. He can get up there if he sounds good, if he got that nice creamy voice. He can get up there and say whatever he wants to say. And then we all listen and oohs and ahs without really looking at the actions behind the voice, you know. Or, or you know, you, you get a little bit of knowledge that you can regurgitate because that's really all you're doing. You're not doing critical thinking, you know. So we get the whole idea of where you can memorize something and then we're going to take and spit the same gar- jargon out. And then, okay, this is the this is the one. This is the one, and taking away our own power, 
I'm giving all my power to this right. person. I'm right. giving all my power. And then what they do is say, oh, you giving it to this person? Okay, good. This is one of our people anyway. Yeah. So that's what we got to keep in mind. The listening audience needs to know that this is also why going back to the third development of, of, of the party referred to all power to the people. It had to do with escaping right. this whole messiahship. And that's one of the biggest right. problems that we got we have to address is we have to be able to see our power as a people. And the only way we can do that is everybody right. recognize that they must have a part to play in our, 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 our march for liberation. They have to have a part to play. It's not about trying to look at exactly. society. It's not about having that charismatic person. That's also why the church is used as the biggest, um, I would say, the Propaganda biggest weapon to put the, 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 yes. the people to sleep. It's because yes. they, they, get, they, they basically rock the people to sleep through church. Yes, they do. Yes, and they do. And, and what happens is, mm-hmm. okay, you have a problem? All right, go ahead and give it to the pastor. Don't worry about your problem now. You go ahead. Give your I, the transference of energy, of power, good pat, good or bad. We're giving it away at the wrong time to the wrong person. And we're also giving away our responsibility. You know, oh, that sounds like a big job. I don't want that. You know, so we'll give away the responsibility. We'll give away the power. We give away all of it because we are still thinking very inferior-like, you know. Like, you can't go take over the world. Like, you can't go do this and can't do that. We've been trained in these schools. They're training your children to follow orders, to walk in a straight line. Some of these schools are training them to wear uniforms. You know, you have to look unified. You have to do this. You have to do that. And I'm sitting here like, all this is is miniature jail. And then you come home, you don't offer the child any other anything. They don't get to see another way to learn. They don't get to interact. I mean, we have studies, you know, part of the orientation, you know, that I went through, we did extensive studies into the whole conformity and what created it and studied books behind understanding how different African-Americans learn and African-American males as as opposed to African-American females. So, again, we have to do this education. We've got to educate. We've got to get more. We have to understand that what they're teaching in school doesn't scratch the surface. Right. By design. Exactly. Not at all. By design. They want drones. And when they can't have drones, that's when they're looking to medicate your children. Hmm. And that's when you get into all the biological warfare that Chief spoke about before. And as parents, we need to pay attention to these things because some people are just looking at, well, if my child has this going on or that going on, oh, I can get a check. I can get a check. But at what sacrifice? What are you sacrificing? What are the long-term ramifications of some of these medications, especially on these boys? Yeah, especially yeah, we don't look at we don't look at the trade offs. We don't look at the trade offs, and that goes back to the just whole. Just looking concept. at the immediate gratification. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and but see that's the way that's the way the elite operate within the society, and so we have to we have to also take a look at social engineering across the board, not just black people, but across the board. So we're already dealing with institutionalized racism as black people. So we already got a foot on on, on our head, but then there's the whole aspect of what's done across the board to the masses going into social um, social engineering 
And that's causing everybody to think about everything from an instantaneous standpoint, want instant results. So when a whole population has to have instant results, it causes us to be lazy in terms of our physical way yes. of going about doing things, mentally and spiritually. We become lazy as a people. Yes. We just basically become cow potatoes. And as we become that way, the word things have to come to us instantaneously. We no longer have to actually be real scholars, but we can go Google something and get an answer. And when we can go Google something and get an answer, then why do I need to pick up a book and read two, two hours out of the day? You see what I mean? So it dumps right. down the whole entire population because everybody can just yes, go ask theory and, 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 and those, mm-hmm. those other, whatever you call those smart, without questioning and everything where you can talk into. Where's yeah, where and let, and where let them Siri do getting information from? And, and see, my question is, um, where is Siri getting this information from? How does Siri know that? You know, um, at least with, like, the Wikipedia, you have to look at the references. You can go back and research this and that. You know, we're, we are so, yep. we've gotten so lazy and so blind that we are accepting anything as information. And when you talk about that instantaneous, we got to talk about our vision. Our vision is not long enough for us to care about the long-term effects. You know, your vision is not long enough for you to care. If your child is in remedial classes, the question should be, how do I get them out of remedial classes? Not get comfortable on this level. We have to find how do we get you to raise up? You know, if we have we there are a number of young people who don't go to college and that's okay. But what are you going to do? I, I don't say you have to go to college. I say that you have to do something. You know, you, you have to, a trade. We can go into the W E the Boys in in the Washington debate. We can do that all day long. But you gotta do something. You know, one thing about our parents' generation, everybody had a role. I don't care who you were, butcher the baker, the candlestick maker. Everyone had a role in the movement. If either you mm-hmm. cooked or you delivered the food or you served the food. You know, you, you helped with homework. You know, you helped with the elders that needed. No matter what, we were doing something, no matter who you are, no matter what age you were. And so we have to get back to the point where we can have multiple people in multiple positions in this movement. You know, is, is this working for your people, that's a one-size-fits-all. If you have this much melanin in you, you need to be working with your people, period. Whatever you exactly. do, we'll take it. Whatever you do. Exactly. But we have to get it to the point where we begin to be more open-minded and accepting of different people. Everybody doesn't look the same. Everybody's not going to act the same. We may not even like everybody. Mm -hmm. But understand, you have a role to play, and they have a role to play. We're going to live and let live, and everybody's going to have to get in there and do their job. Exactly. We have to be able to agree to disagree. Being able to agree to disagree on the stuff that's not getting us anywhere but agree on the fact that we need to move forward and we need to somewhere. work together. Everyone Amen. knew that my survival and the survival of my child was contingent upon you doing your part. So we had no choice but to work together because the yeah. enemy was obvious. Yes. It was yeah. obvious. And, and it, there was no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Now, because so many things are hidden, 
you know, so many subliminal messages. So this is going on, that is going on. People don't want to take the effort. Not enough people, let me say it like that. Not enough people are taking forth the effort to analyze what is going on around them, to implement Mm -hmm. the critical thinking, to see what it Mm -hmm. is that they can do. Okay, I can't do all of this here. You know, my favorite Mm -hmm. line, I give you the 2%. Now, actually, for 18, we we got a situation. (laughs) But this 2%, I got you. And I'm going to give you a strong 2%. I'll take that any time over someone that's going to commit to 38%, knowing good and well they barely have seven. If that's all you have, give me that lower number and do your best at it so that way we can put other people in places to make things happen because you can't stunt our progress any further. There's so much that we need to accomplish. Yes. And we all have yes. something that we can bring to the table. Let me let me say this about that, because I want the listening audience to recognize that what we're ultimately saying also is that we have to be students of revolution and what that also means going back to what we were we're hitting on, dealing with critical thinking, it basically means this. We have to recognize that we have been patterned. And the patternization that we're dealing with is to continue to keep us asleep. That whole concept of keeping us asleep goes back to this. Our lack of having true culture in terms of who we are and how we have our place in society causes us to have a what's referred to as a renter's mentality. Back when you had segregation, we did not have credit. So, therefore, we could not necessarily have a renter's mentality. Even if we was renting something, you had a segregated community. It's not the same as it is now when you have this credit uh, available. So the whole credit mentality, let me, let me bring this around to physical, mental, and spiritual. The whole credit aspect is I can get my results now. I can pay for something. I will, I will pay for it later, but I'm going to obtain it now. And by me obtaining it now, that creates that instantaneous uh, gratification. And by having that instantaneous yes. gratification, what it does is it causes me not to have to put any thought process into it, any critical thinking into, well, should I, what can I put off or what can I deal with That's over right. here in order to make sure that I can afford this? Now, we do that same thing right. as it applies to our mental and our spiritual. It's not just simply talking about consumerism from the standpoint of purchasing material goods. This also has right. to do with us as with our education, with how we look at society, how we deal with the ownership of a community, how we deal with dealing with one another in terms of in terms Ooh. of exchange, everything. So now that we have a renter's mentality and a credit mentality, we don't put any stock into actually building up a foundation. You yeah. don't need a foundation with a renter's mentality. If I got instant credit now, right. yeah, I'm going to get what I want now, and then I deal with the repercussions right. of it later. And that is That's what's right. happening across the board with us psychologically. So as a yes. result of this, the, a lot of the conditions that we're dealing with is basically you spoon-feed, continually spoon-feed the people, the masses, certain types of oppression, which causes them to, be, to, to lack self-empowerment, lack self-sufficiency, lack the will, lack the drive to do what should come naturally to us. So you, you domesticated us. <laughs> And y'all hear me talk like that all the time. You've domesticated us. So now what we have to do as a people is step back from that domestication and be able to say, you know what, this is what we're up against. This is why we talk about being dealing with things from the standpoint of, of, of empowerment. 
This is why we talk about being a self-determined people, because until we address the concept of what self-determination means and have that discussion with one another, we will continually fall for the social engineering game that's being played upon the masses, not just blacks, but blacks in particular, because we already got a foot on our head in the first place. So these games causes us generationally to be impaired, and it gets worse. So the point being, how do you outpace the pace of oppression if you never take a step back and deal with the source of the oppression? That's right. And, and, that's and, right. And King, and King, King that's was my question. a scapegoat. How do we catch up? King was a scapegoat. Yes. He was a scapegoat. And the point being, going back to what I was saying about J. Edgar Hoover and the games that they were playing and the mess that they were doing with us, as well as the CIA, the idea was to create scapegoats. Cause the people to That's look right. and be able to point at an individual and not realize right. that all of us play a role. All of us must do a That's part. Right. But we but we pin it on a person, and by doing so, you got a scapegoat. That's, That's the right. oldest trick in the book. And, and at that point, book. you're not looking at yourself. At that point, right. at, at that point, you're not looking at yourself <laughs> or your spouse. You're not looking in your right. community. You're waiting for this hero to come riding on their horse. And that's not fair because none of that stopped you from being responsible for what you had to do. And back to the ownership in our community, we've got to get that ownership back. Back in the day, we didn't have certain activities on our block because any mama would step out there and be like, son, you got to move on. And wouldn't nobody say nothing to her, touch her, or bother her, nothing like that because that was her block. And they knew there would be repercussions of bothering anybody on this block. That was their block because they owned those houses Mm -hmm. and because they took care of those yards and because they picked the trash up and the litter. And I remember growing up, I was watched the whole way to school and the whole way home. This neighbor watched me from this point to that point. and, And if I stopped to pick up a flower, hey, 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 get to moving. You're supposed to be at school. And so there was a community around me. There was a community. So, but if we're not taking ownership of our communities, then they don't care. It's not my little girl picking flowers when she should have been at school. It is not my problem. If something happens, hey, I didn't know nothing. You know, we've got to move out of that. We've got to take the ownership of our community back. But let me tell you, it starts with you, though. It starts with the individual. We can't start in the community, family. I, 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 look, you can try, and I'm going to tell you, you won't be successful. We have to start with ourselves individually. What can I, myself, Mama Seven, do to make a better change in myself? What, how can I change my spending habits? How can I change my eating habits? How do I take care of my temples? How do I do... So it has to be personal for you. And then you spread it out to your children. How do I educate my children so that they know this, this, and that? And then it goes out to the community. All right, now I'm going to absorb all the kids on this block right here. I'm going to make sure everybody gets home. Don't dilly-dally, go and get home. So this is how we grow. We don't start in the community because I promise you, you got problems at home. If you start in the community, you need to go back home. You need to go back and get yourself together. You need to go back and look and see mm-hmm. what are the things that you're doing that can be leading to the very destruction of the community you out here talking to. So we have to make sure that we get our foundation down first 
But don't stay there because we each one teach one. So I got to go out and get some more. I got to go and work on my education. But, you know, first we got to be the example of what we're talking about. And we also have to be willing to have open communication with each other. And sometimes oh, yeah. that comes with confrontation. Oh, confrontation doesn't have to be aggressive, yeah. but confrontation is confrontation. Brother, you're out of order. Sister, you're out of order. And let's discuss the yeah. reasons why you're out of order and what can we do together to improve this situation yeah. so that the tiny yeah. humans that are watching us well, understand, yes. we don't have to always agree, but we can agree on this and come together so that way you can have a better yes. future. We're supposed to be building yes. on the legacy that's been left for us. Amen, yeah. And a you lot know, of us I, I are just to... not, they're just there complaining, yes. you know. So at what you point know, are you going to stop complaining? Say... <laughs> well, one thing I got to say, I want to talk about, I don't really want to talk about it, but I, I, we have to talk about it is the, the the comparison between Dr. Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. You know, people act like they weren't on um, the same page. Their end goal was the same. Yeah. Their method in which they went about their end goal was different. The method was different. The, 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 if you are walking to the store or if you're driving to the store – Ain't you trying to get to the store? It's the same goal. Exactly. <laughs> but how you are doing it, it is totally different. You know, that doesn't mean that one is over the other. You have to understand everyone in this era was working in this way. These are just the names we know. One thing I did when I was teaching, um, as I'm teaching black history to my children, the first thing I said, well, where's the black history in your lineage? Where, who, what black history facts do you know about your mother? What black history facts do you know about your grandmother? You know, he, my son found out that my aunt was actually at the I Have a Dream speech. She was 16. She traveled from New Jersey mm-hmm. on a bus. Just her, not mother, not father, just her went to see Dr. Martin Luther King in Washington. So when we're teaching these black history facts, it's not just about, you know, what we see. We got, what, Frederick Douglass, um, Harriet Tubman, Dr. Martin Luther King, Michael. No, in your own family line, there's history there. And that's what we have to start teaching our children because then as I went through his mother, his father, his grandmother, his grandfather, then I have to be like, well, what are you doing? That's part of black history. And, he, of course, no, nothing. No, no you are because you're doing this and you're doing that. We have to bring this idea of creating history in very real terms for everyone. We have to get this thinking back to everyone. So there wasn't a Dr. King versus Malcolm X. They were all going to the store, different modes of transportation to get there, and that's okay. You know, they allow Malcolm X to, he went through a number of evolutions. Um, Dr. King was killed. They were both killed. But, you know, Dr. King, he was already making his evolution. He was already changing his mindset. He was already starting to think, well, maybe – 
maybe there's a different way to go about this. Let me think about this. Let me think about that. And if you look at listen to some of his last speeches, they are not the same as mm-hmm. the first one. So I don't understand how we can allow one of our heroes to change and evolve and learn and build and then the other one, nope, well you said you said these two sentences a year ago, so that's how I have to judge your whole body of work. I don't understand how we do that. And and we have to stop doing that. You know, we don't get to let me tell you, it is we don't get to say this is this and that's that. We don't get to say, okay, this person's evolution is good, but the other person's evolution, no, we, we can't work with you. And then you have to take the climate into consideration, period, point blank. You know, so I understand there are certain aspects to us, especially being black nationalists, being part of a progressive revolutionary black organization. I understand how we may lean closer to one person's ideology or vehicle, but I don't understand how we could turn around and condemn another person for not riding in our car. And that's mm-hmm. the stuff that we have to think about, especially when we're talking about black leadership, because we're going to make it too hard to be a black leader. We're going to make it too mm-hmm. hard to be absolutely perfect in the public's eye. And then at that point, we don't have black leadership. I mean, you can look around now. I don't know who they're calling for interviews. I don't know who they're calling that's not on payroll. I mean, big bucks payroll to come and help situations and this, that, and the other. Because these people ain't perfect. <laughs> no one, none of us are. But I don't know how someone steps up to be a leader and then everything they do is judged under the microscope of really none of your business. But, you know, I don't know how we are so judgmental of someone who is actively trying to help us. Even if we don't like their message. I told you we don't have to like each other. Mm-hmm. We just have to respect each other and work with each other. For some people, it's just convenient. Because if I am tearing this person down, I'm not giving you an opportunity to look at me and see all the things that I'm not doing. If I'm getting on here and I'm telling other people how to handle their situations, and it sounds good, like you said, with the creamy voice and stuff, I chuckled so much. But because it sounds good, because I, I, I have that, that uh, when it comes to talking to people, then I, there's no time left for you to look behind the scenes to see that I'm not doing anything that I'm supposed to be doing. Because look behind the curtain. I gave you just enough. Look behind the curtain. It, you know, <laughs> Like from the Wizard of Oz, behind that curtain, you see someone who wasn't <laughs> all that. <laughs> you know, you move the curtain, you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. And what did he end up saying? All of the things that you're looking for, you had within to start off with. Absolutely. It was always and there. See, I, so I once we start to look we within. That's right. Mm-hmm. And we have to, we have to look so within. I'm, I'm talking to, the, to me. I'm talking to... Sister McKean, I'm talking to Chief. I'm talking to everybody. We have to take this personal. What are we actively doing? You know, this is why we we make the sacrifice 
to to get on air, to do programs, to do this, to build recruiting, to, you know, as we are doing recruiting next month, as we're doing all of these things, this is part of the I Have a Dream, okay? This is part of Dr. King 4.0. This is part of, you know, revolution and the way you do revolution in 2020. You know, this is all part, this is part of me recognizing that this water is hot. And being uh-huh. empathetic to those those on the lower part of the pan. Be, can we be empathetic? Can we really stop and think that, hey, there are others that may be feeling this even more than me? I know my hardships yeah. don't really knock at my door, okay? I, I got good boundaries on Guess what? what? I'm me. I'm Whoa, me. Are we <laughs> my... Say it again? Oh, I guess we are open. Peace. I was talking to War. I didn't oh, know we were open. Peace. Peace. Oh, oh, greetings, family. So, greetings, 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 family. Great show from what I'm hearing. Good job, Makita. Um, Good. Listen, let me throw my little, let me throw my little hot two cent in about Dr. King and everything that we're we're discussing. Please I think do. one of the things is though, um, and like you were saying, Seven, that we have to learn to be. Uh, critical without or to have a critical analysis or um, to, to be constructive or proper criticism to try to find the best way without being, what's what I'm looking for, insulting. I think that's the first thing we have to understand. I, a lot of people yeah. I talk to don't know how to separate the personal Dr. King from his ideology or his his, his strategies. That's the first thing. Secondly, uh, mm-hmm. You know, we have to say that it, it it was what it was. Integration is a farce. It didn't work. You know, what we do thank right. Dr. King and the whole civil rights movement for is, like people have heard me say before, had they not really put forth the effort to um, to integrate and to, you know, be a part of the whole American dream or part of this fabric, then I think that they would still be at people of African descent or black Africans in America arguing for that as a viable strategy. You see where I'm coming from? If we hadn't already, if we hadn't had those people to do that and show us that integration may not be the best for us, it hasn't worked for us, uh, that'd be a viable strategy. Also, I want to touch on this, and lastly, when you were talking about black leadership, in my opinion, of course, there is no black leadership because of the dream of integration, because of assimilation, materialism, and capitalism, that black people now in this 2020 are almost fully uh, recognized, not in rights, uh, but in uh, responsibilities and litigation as citizens. And what I mean by that is you don't get the right of an American citizen but in our own minds and legally we're held to the code of citizenship of America. Therefore, when we've accepted this in our own minds that we're an American citizens, we don't see ourselves as a separate nation. And I think that this is a general move that has caught on and that's why we don't see the black leaders we used to see back in the day. I mean they would have we would have four black leaders, five black leaders in the generation. Look at um, you know, just yeah. why you said in Malcolm's time. You had Malcolm, Dr. King, uh, Colin Powell, 
Um, man, you name it, four or five leaders. We look at Garvey's time when you had W.E.P., the boys, and Garvey, and the NAACP was starting up in a lot of these uh, people coming yeah. in. Right, exactly. So now when we look, we struggle to see a black leader, and I think that's because we right. have, you know, to repeat that point, we have really mentally embraced agglomeration. Am I saying right? Well, we assimilation. How about that? We've really mm-hmm. embraced trying to be a part of this so-called American fabric, so we don't uh, have leadership to step out and speak for our best in- interest, unless it's some type mm-hmm. of so-called progressive or Black Lives Matter or some group clamoring for an injustice inflicted upon us. And a lot of times, these groups aren't revolutionary, even the ones calling themselves revolutionary, but they're reactionary. Correct. I appreciate that. Correct. Time. Very correct. Yeah. Very, very reactionary. Thank you, Chairman. And I know that I, I've uh, listened to old videos of you speaking about, you know, Dr. King, and you know, I know that this is mm. one of your topics. So you're you're being uh, modest in your uh, conversation, but I appreciate the check-in. Well, I appreciate yeah, the check-in. no problem. I'm in I'm in Chattanooga. I'm at the, the Greyhound in Chattanooga, so I'm I'm, I'm trying to be uh-huh. brief and talking <laughs> at a hushed tone. So, but thank you for allowing well, me. <laughs> You try not to get strung up in Chattanooga. <laughs> okay, right, and this is a hot topic. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you gotta be careful about where you are. Sometimes you gotta look around. Look, I'm in the deep south. I understand that. I really do. Um, yeah. So thank you so much for joining us. You know, and um, but yeah, there there's so many topics there. There's so many topics there. When we speak about Dr. King, we gotta talk about black leadership. We gotta talk about why it's not here now. You know, uh, have has it become too dangerous to try to be a black leader? You know, um, are there people capable of working on an agenda without having their own personal "I want this, I want that" going on? So it, it really is a challenge. Um, I got a caller that would like to join us, so I'm gonna go switch over to the phone line real quick. Let's see. Alrighty. Greetings, welcome to the show. Greetings, welcome to the show. Okay, I guess they're not ready to speak. But um, <laughs> look, not this a hot topic. You know, you gotta. <laughs> this is a hot topic, and and it is you know we really really have got to get to the point where we can have these conversations. We do need to be able to speak about Dr. King as a man and as a black leader without the daggers, without the knives, without it being so personal and without him being a deity, okay, because he's not. He's not a deity, you know, and so we have to be able to have these honest conversations. We have to be able to look and see what part works for us and what doesn't work for us. You know, we can sit here and now say that integration may not work for us, but we're here now. You know, so now what do we do? You know, um, and and those are the kind of questions that we need to kind of evaluate from a 2020 perspective. You know, we can't even look to our forefathers and our, our, our foremothers in that generation that did so much in the 70s. We can't even look to them to answer that question. That question has to be answered by us right here. What do we do now? We're integrated already. We can't seem to separate. We don't have the structure. We don't have a military. We we don't have a government. We we don't have the 
experience. We don't have the farmland. We don't have food. You know, we don't have certain skills that we are that are needed to be able to sustain self. So what do we do from here? Because all of those things I just named that we don't have, that's part of the hot water. So anytime that we start to get a little revved up, a little like uh, Chief War said, anytime that influence starts to play a part, then all they have to do is crank up the water. Where's your military at? Where's your legal system at? Where's your land? Nothing happens without land. All these mortgages that come due tomorrow, every single landlord can kick you out. There you go, got 30 days. So without land, then what are we doing? So we have to really get to the point where we're answering 2020's hot water. We were naming the hot water of the 60s and the 70s. In 2020, it, it was still hot water. They still crank it whenever they feel like it. Remember, we were talking about that crazy Trump who last year this time had shut down the government and had threatened to hold all of the aid, especially food stamps for young and old, was threatening to cut off all services to young and old. We were just there. It's barely been a year. It was a year this time. So really, what are we going to do about this hot water that we're in? And so we're supposed to look at what happened in in the past. Look at Dr. King. Look at Malcolm X. I like to read, you know, about Shea. You know, I, I am from Miami. I read about Castro. I'm from, you know, I, I have my my reading, being from Miami and being around other nationalities, my reading list kind of doubles in size because I want to know what they did. You know, I want to know what Chavez did. I want to know, I want to know what they did, you know, because they were up under some stuff too. So as we begin to look at models, as we begin to look at, how we can do better, how we can answer the questions. We can't answer the old questions of before. We have to answer our new questions. And so there has to be a new set of demands. You know, we have to look at our 10-point platform and say, okay, which one of these platforms, which one of these points need to be revamped? How do we recreate uh, this platform for 2020? Okay? How do we begin? We, We may talk about uh, chemical warfare, but what happens when we're signing up for the daggone chemicals in, in, in drones? What happens when we're asking, before they were sneaking it to us? Here, you know, we're going to do this, this Tuskegee experiment and give you an STD that you can't get rid of and put it all, and let you spread it all for your family and your loved ones and everything like that. Well, I'm going to do that for you. We didn't know then. They were sneaking it to us. Now they will tell us flat, flat out all the side effects. They tell you the side effects right there on the commercial. And we're signing up for it still because there's a check on the back end, like Mama McKeever reminding us. Because there's a check in it, we're willing to go in there and do it. And we've got to get past that. So as we begin to find out what the new solution is, we we need to find out what the new questions are. Education, education, education. It's very important. Just like you said, you I have agree. these at home classes that are beneficial for your family. 
We all should be Absolutely. doing something like that. You know, if you don't have any children in the household, find a child. There's somebody out there that's going to listen. <laughs> There's lots of kids <laughs> everywhere. Okay? Or so go, to, go to the person with a bunch of children. You can borrow somebody's child just to teach someone. Less. To teach them? There's oh, something yeah, different other than what's going on. <laughs> huh? Yeah. I go, oh, yeah, you can borrow somebody's child to teach them. Yeah. Teach them. Borrow somebody's child. Okay. Education. Cook a healthy meal and teach them. <laughs> you know, have that conversation about health that they normally would not have because they're, you know, flooded with all the processed foods and stuff. Cook them something healthy. Have a cup of Look, tea. Let's have a real conversation about something other than cartoons. You know, I like them, but <laughs> we need to have conversations about other stuff. Yeah, I was. We're not gonna go to you. Uh, <laughs> okay, I was part of a, uh, a program that, in the program, it was is very interesting. It was men. It is in Atlanta. The men were signed up to read to kids in the shelter, and they wanted to promote reading, and they wanted it to be a male program. And what the women did was, we were supposed to. Um, support the men folk and um, provide natural foods for snacks. And, you know, we were in charge of trying to find out, like, what books would be fun to listen to and stuff like that. And it was so interesting to see the children responding, we don't have enough men in these homes. We don't have – and to see a guy highly uncomfortable in a shelter reading to some kids, the kids – I don't know whose eyes were bigger, the men or the children, but they just had a great time. And then we got to eat. I would find weird things like kiwi fruit and, you know, things that these kids, they're living in a shelter. They're eating out of bags. You know, they. I don't know when's the last time they had something nutritious. And then to eat something unusual, and so that made their, they were living in a shelter. And... Oh, every other Saturday, I would leave my children in their in their own separate rooms, in their own separate beds, with plenty of cereal and bananas and fruit, all they could want. And I left my house to go in the middle of Atlanta to help men read to kids. This is simple, family. This is simple, effective planting seeds that will help these young people grow because they won't forget it because I didn't forget it. And it, and it, it, it taught our men folk and it brought our men closer to our children, which of course is a, a blessing every day, all day. But I bring this up to say, if you don't have any kids, there are lots of kids that could benefit from something small every other weekend. These men volunteered two hours once a month. All they had to do was come. Books were provided, food provided, everything. So it doesn't take a whole, whole lot to do a nice thing. It doesn't take a whole, whole lot to teach someone. So don't wait till you're a Ph.D., okay? Don't think that it takes, you know, just because someone has a doctor in front of their name, a reverend doctor, or I think the last thing I saw was Ifa Emperor the First, And I was like, wow. So you don't have to be that person. You can be someone that these children look like 
and be more impactful than something that is far away and distant, you know. And so don't hesitate because you don't have that in your immediate. Find it, you know. I've taught my children, what you don't have, make. What you don't see, create. So don't wait just because you don't see it, just because it's not a chess team in your school doesn't mean that you can't keep your skills up, play online until we can create a chess team. And then me as the parent, I'm the one that taught the little ones how to play. It's unfair for me to give them skills and then not have them a place in a, a place where they can express themselves and can really apply themselves. So now I've got to go volunteer and I've got to do this because I've created in my child an understanding that you can think that critically and compete with others that are critical thinkers. You know, there are all kinds of debate clubs. There's all kinds of stuff. There's all kinds of stuff. We don't have to do the traditional football, basketball, and I understand, you know, when you see those dollar signs, I understand. I understand. But I just want you to know there's so much variety out there. You know, this is what the Williams sisters showed us. They they took tennis to a whole new level. Now, you can be mad at Serena if you want to, but what you can't do is take away her trophies, okay? And what you can't do exactly. is, is take away the schools that she's created. And what you can't do is understand she'd be out there rocking her hair, whether she bought it or not. You know, you have to understand we can't – we have to stop tearing people up just because they're not driving the car we want them to drive, okay? The goal is still to get to the store. I don't care if you got one of those segways that look weird or you're skateboarding, and I'm like, black people don't skateboard, or I don't care what method you're using, we're all trying to get to the store. And so we have to begin to look at the problems and the dynamics in, in such a big way, and then we can go and, and start to drill it down. But we can't, what we do when we nitpick is we tear apart the very good parts of this that we can. And I believe there are good parts to everything, even if what we learned was the learning lesson. Even if we learn, like Chairman said, at least now we know that doesn't work for us. Let's learn from that. Let's learn. Now what do we do? If this didn't work, okay, fine, let's, let's mark it off. didn't work. So now what do we do? Those are the new questions, and those are what we need answers. Mama Makita, I know you wanted to talk about the women of the movement, you know, and I, I know me and my Malcolm versus <laughs> Malcolm versus Martin, you know, came up, but I also wanted to stop and, and look at the women that were in uh, Dr. King's life and in that era and, the, and all of the energy that they were putting forward. Yes, we are so needed for balance. Amen. You know. And I think sometimes people forget that, but we are so needed. Just as you stated with the young men who were volunteering at the shelter, they still needed the women to come in and do their part in assisting. Absolutely. So that the children can have a full experience, not just what they brought Mm -hmm. to the table, but a full experience. Um, You had Mm -hmm. mentioned education as being one of the items for the hot water I had went to Charleston a couple of weeks ago where they're building the museum. And it's down there, not too far from where I used to teach at the college. And 
I looked and I looked twice and then I went back. I was looking at something else and the sister Septima Posette Clark. She was ousted as an educator. But she went on to develop citizenship schools. So even though she was able to teach in certain arenas, when that didn't work out for her, she didn't just give up. She found something else to do. She found another way to be equally, if not more, impactful and help us during this time. So I thought that that was a very interesting tidbit of information and to be able to sit there and look at the monument that was out there and then to go back and do my research on something else and to have her name come back up. So I just thought that was very interesting. Septima Posette Clark. Then you have um, so many others. We can't forget the wives of the wonderful men that you mentioned. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, let me tell you, the strength you know, that they had to have is, is incredible because I don't know how you send your husband out of the house knowing full well he may not return. I don't know what that mm-hmm. means every day. And knowing every that he's day. not doing this for a check, you know, he, this is not his job, you know what I'm saying? This was something that he did for the greater good of everyone, and you had to stand strong and say, okay, you know, I'll see you when you get back. I don't know what it takes to do that. Even when everyone knew that he was not appreciated for those things, but still. Even when. Every day. Even <laughs> You know, you got up and you did your part for balance. You know, you spoke before on Big Mama's House talking about, the love of a woman that will help you through yes. those, t- those tough times that will build you back up and that will pray you through so that you can do it again. That type of balance and getting back to the family component of all of these things come into play. All of these things are needed. All of these things our children need to see. See, we had some really good role models back then. We saw husband and wife teens out there doing the work, doing the footwork, working together. We saw that. We don't see enough of that now. Mm -hmm. And, of course, there's all kind of reasons that you can put out there. But Uh at what point are we going to look in the mirror and say, well, I have a personal responsibility, not just to me, but to the tiny humans that look up to me, for them to see me happy because I made myself happy and to see someone compliment my happiness. Uh And to see us work um, together and to see us do all these wonderful things in the community. Our children need to see this again. Mm Mm-hmm. I know um, when we were doing the training for this uh, this organization in Atlanta, the the men said, you know, not only do we want the women, do we want the men reading, you know, we have to do some of the work, you know, because what they stated is in that shelter, men, of course, men were not allowed to be with the families. He said, but they're not men in the families. So a lot of these children had never seen a man take a uh, 
a role of a power of authority outside of like a police or like the principal, but just every day they had never seen that. And so they said that's part of what they're trying to do. They're trying to rebuild this image of black men with these children. And part of that was having the women in a supportive role, not necessarily running it. And I was mm-hmm. sitting there, you know, really trying not to like, da, 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 you know, do what I do. But then I had to stop and think about what he was trying to say. You know, um, right now our families are under under attack. And one thing that War was saying, one thing that you may not realize is when you are under attack, when someone is fighting you and you don't even know it, you don't defend yourself well. You don't you don't block mm-hmm. the blow. You know, you 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 have yourself wide open because you didn't even know you were in a fight. So, you know, as we are going through, you know, these dynamics, we have to understand truly where the fight is so we can at least defend ourselves. We're not doing enough of that. You know, um, I think part of the whole nonviolence, why that just didn't sit well with so many people is because of all the violence we were in. So how in the world are we going to be under this much violence and not do our reaction to the hot water, which is to fight our own selves? How how do we not tear up our communities? How do we not, you know, how do we riot and picket and express displeasure without tearing up the very communities that are set up to serve us? You know, how do we do that to where we can mm-hmm. still be safe but yet effective? You know, how do we do these things and, and, and have our voice be heard um, knowing that the leader that's speaking is truly speaking for the people, not for his wallet? You know, and so we have to begin to really start to answer new questions. That was the whole idea of this show. I wanted to talk about, I wanted to at first allow for Dr. King's holiday to be that moment of elevation, of respect, of someone who paid dues um, the best way that he knew how. But then we had to go and take it a step further. What happens after the parade? We can't just all go home and go back to life as normal. So the whole purpose of this was hopefully to create some additional dialogue and to create more understanding about what's needed. We need we need to find out what's needed so we can get some answers. So when that hot water gets cranked up, and it's going to get cranked up, one way or another, one reason or another, it's going to get cranked up. We have to make sure that we know that we're under attack and we got to work together to get out this pot or we're all going down. Absolutely. And we have to we we have to really start to, to take those things under consideration. All right, my dear, I cannot believe this, but it is four minutes until. Oh, what's your two oh my minutes? Goodness. What's your two minutes? <laughs> Okay. Um, I just okay. What happened? I didn't realize. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah, um, I would like to to end my little two seconds with one of Dr. King's quotes. It says that if you can't fly, then run. If you can't run, then walk. If you cannot walk, then crawl. 
But whatever you're doing, just keep moving. And that's what we need mm-hmm. to do as a people. Keep moving. Yeah. If yeah. that's your two percent, do it. Yeah. Do the best at it. Do it. Yes. Yes. And and, and so correct. So correct. You know, like I said, we have got to get back to the point. My two cents, understand that this fight needs you. Understand that all of the problems that we currently have, they're your problems. And understand that the solution includes you. So take it all very personally. Yes, I'm talking to you. Take it personally. And let's start to make those changes first within ourselves, then our family, then the community. But let's take this personal. Let, let's really begin to build and, and create self-determined understanding. So that that's my two cents in it. This has been the People's Black Panther Party Radio. We come together every Sunday at 8 o'clock, but this one just, just couldn't wait. This one just couldn't wait. Um, this upcoming Sunday, I believe we have Chief Ward that's going to be, Chief Ward that's going to be speaking with us with his panel, and they always are bringing the heat. I mean, sometimes I have to li- I listen with pen and paper, and I take notes so fast when he's speaking because he's always sitting on these great topics. So he'll be coming up this upcoming week. Um, you can go to the People's Black Panther Party Facebook page. And they have there's a list of the old shows that you want to check out. You know, educate yourself. You know, we spend so much time listening to this crazy TV and a crazy radio. Listen to something that might educate you. Listen to something that might spark something within your spirit that will help you to improve and to be a better person. So, you know, we're here to educate. Big Mama's House, we love you. But we gotta educate you. We got we can't let you be wrong. We gotta help you to be right. So check us out every Sunday, eight o'clock, and allow yourself to um be part of the solution. Thanks very much for your time. All power to the people. All power to the people. All power to the people.